Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast, the first of 2022, a year we do hope and believe firmly will be the end of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, okay, I have around the table of insight next to me here, Andrew Sankster, the editor or director of Hotel Analyst, and I am Chris Bound, the editor at Hotel Analyst. And we're back to our regular weekly schedule of delivering you our thoughts on three important matters of the moment. And with the new year in mind, we have been taking a look at the outlook for 2022 in the hotel business, particularly around the UK. Um, and sentiment seems to be improving quite strongly. Um, most people seem to think that uh, although there are still challenges around such important things as labour and how to find cheap finance to do development, um, by and large, people are much more optimistic than they were a year ago. Um, transactions are, are starting to happen in greater volumes and things all look set fair. There's uh, still a kind of slight divergence of, of exactly how and when things will start to look like they were in the good old days of 2019. Um, but I think by and large, people are kind of consolidating in their view on that as well. Um, so it's going to be a tough year, particularly operationally, um, because costs are going up, uh, staff are hard to come by. Um, but looking a bit further ahead, um, it does look like we should be back into fairly normal business trading by 2023 and into 2024. I have to confess, I mean, this time of year, it's normally one for reviewing what we talked about in the past year or so and looking forward and reviewing what we talked about. I mean, broadly, I think at Hotel Analyst, we called the pandemic right in that it was much more severe and much uh, more of a challenge than many people thought at the outset. I mean, there was this hope that we were going to have it's, it's all over by the summer sort of thing back in March 2020 um, plans to say, oh, we'll just postpone our events for a, for a few months and then we'll get back onto it um i always felt that actually no um and we wrote this that it's going to be a deep and profound impact um it was probably worse than i thought to be fair um the economic downturn was gruesome um although the the actual recovery from it has been remarkably strong and i certainly um i suppose what we got wrong was that we the re forecast that the recovery was going to take longer than it actually has mm. um where i think uh, we were right as well is on vaccines being the end of this but where we were wrong uh i think we were simply too bullish in predicting things would bounce back snap back very quickly um from sort of the pandemic restrictions perspective and we're still going through this now and there's still controversy about when we will actually end the pandemic restrictions i think mercifully we're gradually getting to the point where most people um are just simply going to start getting on with life now um they've had enough and it's time to to move on um we um in your piece i think in uh, you wrote chris in terms mm -hmm. of the brighter outlook um, 
um, you have a, a, a bunch of uh, analyses there um, some of which I think are simply too pessimistic I think things are going to get much stronger much quicker in terms of trading performances um, at, uh, certainly in most of the the key sectors uh, I think probably budget hotels are going to lead the way but we're going to see a pretty sharp snapback across the board there's going to be some sectors are going to suffer still i you know uh if you're reliant on international visitors i think that's going to prove tough uh, it's going to be a tough year 2022 but economy hotels budget hotels anything focused on the domestic market is going to be very good i mean the final quarter of last year actually beat the final quarter of 2019 in revpar terms mm. to that extent um for for at least for economy hotels to that extent the recovery is already here for for parts of the hotel uh, industry and I think that's only going to grow and we're only going to see more of that Omicron mercifully has proved very short-lived and we're coming through it now now um, I, I took a, a quick look I mean what one of the things uh, um, it, it is still going to be problematic is international travel and particularly the airline business now IATA the uh, trade body for uh, the airline industry is saying that they're not going to see a full recovery until 2025 and if you look at the numbers um, at Heathrow last year it's truly dismal actually 2021 was worse than 2020 mm. um, in terms of passenger numbers a quarter of the level um, they saw in 2019 uh, I art is right it's going to be a, a long while for Heathrow to come back I think it's going to come back quite a bit quicker um, providing we don't see any more sort of variant nonsense come along I mean uh, Heathrow said that uh, 600,000 uh, passengers cancelled flights from its terminals in December um, that's 600,000 and in total they had less than 20 million passengers in um, in 2021 so that was a very significant hit from Omicron just in December so it's a pretty dramatic in fact it's really the last couple of weeks of december mm. um so that's a very significant hit but uh, you know the, the the good news coming out of south africa is actually it, it bounces back pretty quickly so um one bit of good news i to did put out the end of last week um ticket sales to and from south africa they're on the way to being where they were pre-omicron now that's still pretty subdued i mean um they're less than half of of what they were say in 2019 but um they went right down to just seven percent of where they were in 2019 um which is truly gruesome now they're back getting towards the 45 percent level which they were at um and they're on course the trajectory in a couple of weeks they'll be there if you look at the the recovery curve so that's pretty good news it can be a pretty quick snapback and i think we'll see that across europe once the restrictions go um and the french are already talking about letting us dirty um <laughs> filthy <stinky> brits back. <laughs> yes <laughs> filthy brits back into the country um so uh, you know they're suddenly realizing actually that we're a pretty important part of their ski season um mm -hmm. i think we're the single biggest source market for french for the french ski slopes um certainly international source market anyway um so that we're pretty crucial to that so i suspect we'll be we'll be back on the slopes um in in a in a week or two so that that's you know and i think we're gonna see now and 
are we going to mention this um, in our five star and no star but we are seeing politicians now get to the point where they're saying look we have reached the end of this we're treating um, covid as an endemic disease this is something we've been prattling on about um, throughout 2021 um, and mm -hmm. it finally seems to be, have reached the political classes our lords and masters and they are finally um, getting getting hold of this narrative so I, th I think it's very encouraging i am still feeling buoyant i'm a little i suppose um you know there was kind of a false dawn this time last year i thought we were going to be coming out of this a lot quicker we took so much longer to lift the restrictions than i thought we were going to um i mean all the evidence shows that actually we could have lifted the restrictions much quicker mm. um, but this caution this ongoing um scientific sort of oh it's gonna be a disaster if you do that they were proved wrong and um when england lifted its restrictions in july the 19th last year the scientists were proved wrong with their forecasts about omicron and now we have the world health organization saying that we're gonna be we know it's too early to treat um this disease as endemic and it's not going to be until the end of this year until we can do that well i jolly well hope that is not going to be the case because i don't think we can face another year of this nonsense and i i think uh, that optimism is well founded that really by easter it's going to be very much the outlier to come across restrictions so fingers crossed for that one i think um it, i think a number of countries are on course for that um, um it, it it's looking very good and uh here's here's that now let's uh, we've been looking forward let's look quickly back um and uh, there was kind of flurry of uh, deals towards the end of last year into in the investment marketplace um some of them obviously uh, just happened before the the end of the year as we were all just packing up for christmas after our break um and one of the kind of bigger deals that happened in uh, london was that uh, finally the kensington forum hotel um got sold um and interestingly enough it got sold to uh, the uh, the man behind the Singapore listed fragrance group um, so from one Asian investor to another uh, goes the Kensington Forum and uh, is he going to uh, simply refurbish the uh, the 906 room property that he's bought for 400 million or so or is he going to go into battle with the Kensington and Chelsea planning authorities once more um, it was uh, a battle with with them that uh, did did for the previous owner Queensgate Investments. Who? What was the detail on that, Chris? You're a bit of a planning. Well, they guru. they they oh. thought they'd got permission uh, to do a comprehensive redevelopment of the site. Um, the locals put up a bit of a fuss. The the local planning uh, authority were like, yeah, but no, but and then it got called in by the mayor. Um, as a significant scheme which, you know, about which there was a bit of a rumpus uh, which meant of course it was then going to be listed for a public inquiry into the whole project which whether that's whether the outcome at the end is good or bad the whole problem is then that delays any decision for perhaps two three four years so um queensgate was what was the principal objection queensgate had from the residents then because it was already a hotel so uh well they, 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 they were they were planning a comprehensive redevelopment which obviously was going to make uh ultimately larger larger blocks of buildings 
albeit there might have been nicer ones, but there were going to be, you know, there were going to be a larger volume of buildings on the site to replace uh, the existing uh, blocks there. So, um, uh, it's a bit, it just seems a bit bizarre when you've got a dirty, great big hotel already there. Um, anyway, it's uh, mm. planning for. Yeah, yeah, so, that's so. planning, and that's uh, upset neighbours, you know, and and powerful ones in certain parts of London. There we go. Um, mm. But uh, that was not the only deal. Of course, there was the uh, the big deal in London. Also, was the uh, the sale of, of the Selfridges retail business and the uh, the new buyers have promised to uh, revive the, uh, the the once closed Selfridges Hotel, a new luxury hotel for central London. Um, Pandox was uh, was busy just before Christmas tying up the acquisition of the Adagio Apart Hotel in Edinburgh, spending 40 million for that. Um, so few few good deals happening. Um, was being transacted and i think most of the agents are expecting more in terms of volume this year yeah i think there's a few clear trends there i mean the original plan for the forum was to to have a slightly smaller hotel but uh um, some service departments Mm. alongside that and that's a clear trend we've been seeing for a while is this the the rise and rise of service departments but also uh the selfridges piece the uh, the hotel and this this retail the repurposing of retail space i mean something we're going to look at in more depth next week but uh, i think that's a clear trend we're we're seeing as well and expect more of as um uh, people start thinking about what they're going to do with uh, with their existing assets on the retail side um now what's interesting i think about the 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 time uh, we are in right now is that we've had the deepest and worst trading downturn we've ever seen in the sector um now baron rothschild who founded the banking dynasty in the 18th century um he said the time to buy reputedly said the time to buy is when there's blood in the streets (laughs) now in trading terms we surely are at that point it's been the worst Hmm massacre the the sector's ever seen but um from an investment perspective um it's very very bullish still um and you know uh, you know this con- notion of being a contrarian i think um and going against the herd mentality and buying now um well it's certainly the case in terms of the the, the trading cycle but i don't think it's the case in terms of the uh, investment cycle and i had a look at uh, cbre's uh, recent investment yields report for december and they said uh, um one of the, the quotes they said um for oper- operational real estate uh, pricing remains strong due to institutional demand and limited opportunities i think that's absolutely the situation we've had an unprecedented wall of money waiting to deploy in the sector and there simply isn't that much that's up for grabs at the moment um inevitably what this means is we've got tightening yields um so even out in the regions um, prime regional vacant possession hotel assets um they've got 25 bips um, tighter yield in the last quarter according to this survey this this analysis by uh, CBRE and prime London leased hotels uh, are very uh, robust yields uh, very low yields uh, by historic standards 3.75 percent um, now they're now stronger than all retail with the exception of prime supermarkets which is just 25 bips lower so we've got a very strong situation um, for hotels I think from the, the from the investment perspective despite the cataclysmic 
trading environment um, so I think if we look at hotel investment as we come out of this cycle um, it, it's it's looking very much um, not a contrarian play which is I think overall good news for the sector we're going to see um, institutions coming in and sticking with hotels and operational real estate it's a uh, again a good news story for the start of 2022 now the other thing we've been uh, taking a closer look at is that uh, with something we've been mentioning for quite some while now is that uh, there's going to be opportunity for third-party management uh, businesses um, we've spoken with them over the last few months and they're all looking pretty optimistic there's some consolidation there's some uh, partnerships coming together uh, and also the other trend that we're seeing in that space is one of uh, the is one of property company investors looking to take the value from the operational side of their business of the business as well and the latest uh, investor to see that opportunity is henderson park uh the renowned buyer of hilton's and large hotels in in london birmingham and paris um they've now bought what was left of uh, a, a management platform called amaris hospitality originally set up by a Lone Star. They've bought uh, bought them and renamed them Clarent. They've, they've taken the whole team on board. Um, it kind of matches up neatly with a portfolio of Hilton the properties in the UK they bought just before Christmas. Uh, but it gives them then uh, the opportunity to grab the upside from the operating business, uh, but also um, to take on more uh, hotel assets that they can then run and manage using a very experienced team and that team's uh, also thanks to its history and working with Lone Star is very used to working out when a hotel's not working under its existing brand and uh, quickly working out a way to improve the return by switching it to another brand so um, key key trends already playing out uh, and, and accelerating in, into 2022 yeah this this growth of the um, the brawn bit of the bricks brain and brawn split um, the operations bit is is we've highlighted for some time at hotel analyst um, I think you can divide it into two broad pieces I think there's the 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 notion of of buying into a platform um, to exploit the full opportunities within um, a portfolio of real estate assets um, and that's the typical private equity play which Henderson Park are doing um, they've swallowed up Amaris to drop that into um, they've already got a bunch of as you noted in your piece Chris bunch of hotel assets and now the newly named um, Clarent are, is going to be uh, looking after those assets and maximizing them via repositioning and um, appropriate levels of um, um, investment and so forth um, so that's one approach the other approach is this um, whereby you employ a, a, a third party management company so um, this is the likes of um, interstate um, I think you mentioned SICAS hospitality mm -hmm. well you do mention SICAS hospitality in your piece Chris um, and you know and of course it's like RBH and these these third party management companies take on a, a range of um, investors um, often they have uh, a solid sort of starting sort of founder investor if you like but the the aim of the company really is to um, to become a a separate um, entity to the investor whereas in the case of Clarent it is it is 
tied up with that that investment piece so it's going to be interesting how you know where the tensions are on these two i think whether it's going to be the sort of clarence style where you're tied to the the real estate investment or whether we're going to see real estate investors happy to sort of hand things over to a third party management company i think in I think there's going to be more and more pressure um, for institutional investors rather than try and work in terms of a management, you know, a big hotel brand company management relationship. They're going to prefer to do it through a third party. Now, whether there's a third party operating platform they directly own and invest in or whether it's a, a separate one that they directly don't invest in. And of course, there's, there's different flavors within that. We're seeing some offers whereby, you, you know, you, you bring your real estate lump to the management company and you get a stake in the uh, um in 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 the management company as well and um that's uh, lionel benjamin's um uh, you know what he's been trying to do on the sort of fallout from uh, travel lodge so that's a i think a very interesting one to watch we're going to see more from from that sort of thing um, um as we get out of this uh, um, downturn and fully into the into the recovery so I think it's a very exciting um, innovative um, period we've got ahead of us um, very much not like the 1990s <laughs> we've said this previously but it's worth saying again it's not a case of simply going out there buying low selling high um, from an investment perspective there isn't um, blood on the streets um, and you know it, it, it's it, it's about being intelligent um, and working a little bit harder to, to make the return right start no star awards for this week Andrew over to you for your five stars to be given to whom well we keep bashing politicians and I think it's time we lauded them as well and uh, but briefly I, yeah given <laughs> briefly yeah i mean i'd hesitate to give five stars to the current um um british government given the shenanigans that's been going on with um uh, throwing parties when all the rest of us were um, under heavy restrictions um but certainly we have seen some bits of the government saying um we're now treating this as um as covid as an endemic disease but coming out um for this lobby is um the spanish um prime minister and he's saying look it's time now to move on it's time that we uh started treating this as an endemic disease treating it more like flu this is what pedro sanchez is saying um and i i think uh, uh we're all um, for that <laughs> it's five stars Absolutely. for that evolution actually i mean it was interesting i mean if you look at what's going on in spain at the moment i mean they've got you know a huge level of infection rates um they're getting close to seven hundred thousand a week um but you know at the peak that the same this time last year when there was still a, a surge in deaths unfortunately um a year ago and they had uh, 115,000 so they're sort of five six times the level um of infections but the 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 number of hospital beds occupied by covid patients is lower now than it was a year ago 13.4 percent um, according to bloomberg's figures now compared to 13.8 percent of hospital beds in spain occupied by covid uh, patients a year ago so this is it, clear evidence that actually this variant omicron is much milder it's not causing the level of um, critical illness and death um, well 
at least com when combined with vaccines anyway um so the, the combo the twin twin bits of this we've got coming out we've got the vaccines in place we've got a milder strain of of covid which seems to be knocking out all of the more serious strains of covid again it's a, a cause for optimism and yes thankfully we do have some politicians who are standing up and and saying that and not indulging in uh, absurd lockdowns <laughs> of which i think we can go on to our no stars yes. chris you're awarding to a politician very so, close to my home in cardiff yes well dear old mark drakeford um so the first minister of wales who seems to uh, despite all the evidence in front of him he seems to believe that his much heavier restrictions on life in wales has has somehow been beneficial i mean it's just bizarre i mean what does the man need to demonstrate this is not working <laughs> and uh, alongside him getting the gong for no stars is nicola sturgeon um up in um, north britain um and, and she just seems again obsessed with this idea that we can um you know uh, lock down our way out of this mess despite all the evidence that it's not succeeding um and i think you know, well yes I, just a quick Chris, anecdote to give you a flavor of what drakeford's policies are doing to the poor hospitality sector here in in wales on friday evening i went to uh, see a newly released film at the cinema in uh, just outside cardiff uh friday evening 7 p.m how many people do you think were in the, the auditorium just the two of us so um Yep, just the two of us watching watching a film. Very cozy. I felt very sorry for the uh, showcase who run the cinema complex because, frankly, they were bleeding cash on Friday night. And then contrast that with my Saturday evening spent in the Cotswolds, where I went to a uh, quite full, quite busy Indian restaurant, had a very nice dinner, and uh, mask wearing was very very little observed, and frankly, it just felt like normal. And then it's very strange to come back on Sunday evening to project fear in wales yeah, yeah it's crazy well it, 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 here's hoping that um that, that, that these politicians have changed their ways and uh, move to the spanish here's model. for more spanish and on that happy note we'll say goodbye for now